The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm here with Spencer G. And we're excited to welcome you into the summer edition of our show. I'd like to first start off with NBA basketball. We just finished off one of the most epic series between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. And I want to wrap things up there before we get into the NBA draft just around the corner. Spencer, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bruce. It's it's great to be back on Bruce's Sports Talk and be able to talk a little bit about these NBA Finals and then expand into the NBA Draft because right now NFL football minicamps are underway and training camp is still a good couple of weeks away so I definitely think it's appropriate to break down the future of these NBA franchises and yeah the NBA Finals was it was really a captivating series you have LeBron James in his prime who's one of the top three greatest players of all time and you have him trying to chase history in a championship on a team where he's had the worst supporting cast that he's had yet due to the injuries of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. And the series lived up to the hype. It went six games when a lot of people only thought it would go five after game one where the Warriors won the game and Kyrie Irving went out with an injury. And it was just an astonishing performance by LeBron James, but Steph Curry... Andre Iguodala, the Golden State Warriors, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. I mean, they just had such a host of players that they were able to get the job done. But, Bruce, it's great to be back on the show. How did you enjoy the NBA Finals? What were your views when you looked at Golden State beating Cleveland, and, and how would you assess it? I usually have a very strong opinion in the NBA Finals. There's usually one team that's kind of villainous and the other team that's a hero. But in this one, you really had to like both teams. You had to love Steph Curry, who is a very thin guy, could be the best shooter of all time, always smooth, seems like he's a real gentleman. And how can you not like Steve Kerr, a guy who's been through all the championships? People said he couldn't do it in his first year, but he did. You looked at the Cavs, and they lost Kyrie Irving. They lost Kevin Love to a horrific shoulder injury. And I agree with you. I didn't think it would be a series at all. But LeBron, through the first four games, 
was averaging triple doubles, 40 points a game, was pretty much playing all, taking the ball up, playing down low, essentially playing all five positions, playing great defense, and showing great leadership. And you had guys like Della Vadova, who really helped him prolong the series. A guy who's journeyman at best, undrafted player from St. Mary's, and he had a, an excellent series. But you just look at it at the end, what's the story? You look at the Warriors just had two good starting fives, and they had a lot of role players like Livingston. Not many people are going to talk about Harrison Barnes or, Liv- or Sean Livingston, but they all contributed, and they just came at the Cavs in waves. And by game five at game six, LeBron had given it all out. He just had nothing left. And in game six, it was just a matter of time. They, they just did the same thing. And Steph Curry really got hot in the fourth quarter of games five and game six, and it was all over. And the Warriors haven't – there's certainly a team you could root for – they haven't won a championship t- since our friend Rick Barry brought it home for them in 1975. So this is an area that certainly starved for a winner. And I believe that LeBron will always be a threat to bring his team into the finals every year. But it was uh, epic drama. I thought that each game was good and stood on its own. And now there's um, kind of a withdrawal because... All we have really to look forward to is uh, NFL training camp beginning on August 2nd. And at least here in Philadelphia, there's not much to watch as far as baseball is concerned. Well, looking at the NBA championship, there are a couple of interesting points that you made. First off, when the Golden State Warriors went small with Iguodala and they pretty much removed Andrew Bogut from the series, Andrew Bogut is effective because he's an effective half-court offensive player because he's a guy that can operate in the low post, can kick out to shooters when necessary, but he plays kind of a slow and deliberate game. And that played right in the Cleveland's hands because Cleveland, they wanted to limit possessions because Golden State has such a lethal offensive attack with Sean Livingston, Andrea Godala, Harrison Barnes. Golden State's second team would defeat the Cavaliers' first team without LeBron every day of the week because David Lee, Iguodala, Livingston, as mentioned... Um, even Leandro Barbosa, they're all solid NBA pros, and they all can be starters on pretty much any other team in the NBA. And the sacrifices that Golden State had to make in their second line, that's what really made this team impressive, impressive is the depth of this team. And when LeBron James got subbed out of the game, I mean, it was like you were looking at the Washington Generals. I mean, basically Cleveland... They look like a team that would be a lottery team. Without LeBron James, you have Matt Dellavedova, J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert. You have Mazdoff. You have Tristan Thompson and James Jones. And without LeBron James, that's a team that maybe, if they're lucky, wins 18 games. They're worse than the 76ers and the Knicks. And LeBron James had them competing as the best team in the league. That's just a factor of LeBron. So if LeBron James went to the Sixers or the New York Knicks, I believe he can win an Eastern Conference title because that's how 
that's pretty much the effect of LeBron James. And that's pretty much, that might be his greatest accomplishment as a pro is winning two games over a deep team um, that's a worthy Western Conference champion in Golden State and now an NBA champion. So winding back to my thoughts when Iguodala went into the series and replaced Bogut Golden State was able to get the rebound outlet and Iggy was able to run out and get jams on a depleted Cavaliers team that was just gasping for air because they can only play seven players at maximum another issue I want to talk about though is LeBron James and David Blatt because David Blatt he came from Israel he was a Euro he's won multiple titles in EuroLeague and Maccabi Israel. He's a guy that was a very coveted NBA coach and then pretty much one of your one of your main goals in being an NBA coach is you have to control your star player and you have to get your star players to perform and to buy in and to be satisfied. And looking at all the reports and just watching and being an observer of the Cavaliers bench, it really looked like LeBron James and the Cavaliers players really respected Tyron Lue and kind of brushed aside David Blatt. And LeBron James is kind of like a player coach out there. So if you're David Blatt, if you're a prideful guy, with LeBron James kind of taking over your spot, would you yield to what LeBron wants because honestly he's the guy who's carrying your team on the floor? Would you take a back seat to him or would you maybe look to leave Cleveland and kind of build a team where players might want players might yield to you more than Cleveland? What are your thoughts about David Blatt and LeBron? There's a really telling story by Mark Stein and ESPN Insider that we read. And it goes over numerous examples of why he felt LeBron as a superstar should have shown more respect for his coach and shouldn't showed outward disrespect for him and how, you know, it's unclear how it's going to play out, as you, as you mentioned. Number one, one of Blatt's strengths is being, being strong in the sense of being strong, being able to withstand the flack from a superstar. And I believe that, that LeBron is a very emotional guy. And I think that he's very opinionated. And he knows he's the best in the world. And from time to time, I think he would challenge any coach. So on one hand, Blatt, I think, can handle it. He can handle some of the outward disrespect, whereas another person may not. There's many coaches who would probably fight a war so I think that's a good point. It's unclear to me what Blatt... I understand that Blatt had a certain idea of running the offense. And in the very beginning, they more or less dismissed that. So if Blatt's whole idea more or less was scrapped early on, and he's been a placeholder as a coach, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Cavs move in a different direction. And I do agree that LeBron has a tremendous amount of power. This is a really quick first segment, and I really enjoy the fact that we have so many listeners of Voice America, excited to hear a new show, and I want to tell you guys that we'll be back in three minutes, so please stay tuned. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. 
Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm here with my co-host, Spencer the Wizard. Firstly, I'd like to thank Jeff Spinard, the president of the network, for giving us the opportunity to do our show, even when I'm hoarse. Of course, Ray Ellis, our fabulous director of sports and dear friend. And I want to thank all the listeners around the globe on Voice America for tuning in to Bruce's Sports Doc. In our first segment, we spoke about the NBA Finals. It came and went. It's over in six. Golden State is the champion. But questions remain about LeBron James, the Cavs, and where they're headed in the future. And we have some divergent opinions of LeBron James. And it seems like some people out there root for LeBron to do poorly. They just can't root for him. And that, that's part of the drama that was set up by this series. When you look at an athlete and people rooting for him to do poorly, 
you you got to kind of compare LeBron to two other athletes. One is Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson, I think, is uniformly liked by many people. Russell Wilson is loyal to Pete Carroll, and his road to the NFL was very circuitous, meaning that he basically did not have an easy route to the NFL. He went to NC State. He performed well there. He went to Wisconsin, a team that primarily runs the football, and he took them to the Rose Bowl, I believe, or actually... Wisconsin lost in the Big Ten Championship to Michigan State in an absolute barn burner. But Russell Wilson was selected in the fourth round. He has a quiet confidence about him. But one of the things that makes Russell Wilson so likable, or one of the areas I should say, is that he's six feet tall. He's short. And that's always been a mark on Russell Wilson. He's always been an underdog. He's always been short. He hasn't been the proper height. Everyone has told him that he can't compete at the NFL being six feet and that a quarterback in the NFL is so, so rare. So that is six feet tall with those measurables. Only Drew Brees and and Doug Flutie, who had a decent NFL career, has succeeded at that height. So for so for LeBron James, comparing him to Wilson, LeBron's six foot eight. He's been heralded since high school, so the media and everybody has pretty much heralded LeBron as the king since high school. Being in the NBA, players market themselves individually in different ways than NFL players. Russell Wilson's on a team of 53 players. LeBron James is on a team with 12 players, but pretty much seven guys actually play. In NBA basketball with Nike, player people, Kids wear shoes of basketball players. LeBron James in the media is coveted by Nike. And every time you go into a sneaker store, you will see LeBron James. You won't see Russell Wilson. You won't see Andrew Luck. You won't see football stars as uniforms. Maybe you'll see Derek Jeter or Calvin Johnson. But it's very rare that you'll see a player outside of basketball because kids wear basketball shoes. That's pretty much it. So what I'm getting at is LeBron James is pretty much is in everyone's face, whether you like it or not. Everywhere you go, you'll either see a billboard of LeBron, people wearing LeBron's shirt. It's an individualistic type of game. That's what NBA basketball is. And that's why fans have such opinions on players such as LeBron, Carmelo Anthony, because you have just unbelievable access to these guys. And when you look at guys like LeBron, he's six foot eight. He has never been an underdog. He has always been known as the chosen one and as the king. So he is. So even though Cleveland had no had no reason being the favorite, LeBron is still considered to be the guy that everybody expects to do well. He's not a Russell Wilson. He's not a guy who came from nothing in terms of NBA prospect. He's a guy who was expected to do well, and he's done well. Then you look at LeBron James, and and people then could see him maybe asking for calls, bargaining with the refs, and things of that nature. That's what LeBron James dislikers will say. And also, LeBron James fans and Michael Jordan fans... They constantly debate comparing him to Michael Jordan. Now, 
in every other sport, I don't think we have an athlete that's immediately and endlessly compared to the best player in basketball history. When we look at Jordan Spieth winning the U.S. Open or Rory McIlroy, we don't have endless, endless discussions comparing him to Jack Nicholas. at least not yet. But with LeBron James, it's his, whether it's his supporters or his or people that don't like him, they're constantly comparing him to Michael Jordan. And that banter can get kind of frustrating. We just want to enjoy the greatness of LeBron in a separate entity, but in this world where it's more entertaining to compare, we do that. And fans get sick of that. They just want LeBron to just be a basketball player, but guess what? He has a job to financially support himself, to market himself, and he can't control the media surrounding him. It's true that a certain segment of the population will never forgive LeBron for the decision. Just the way it went down with Jim Gray, it was so um, disrespectful to Cleveland, to the town, when they really expected him to come there, to stay there. And he said, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. And more or less, you saw him palling around with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And th- that really angered a lot of people. And, and I think that's a good reason why people, some people will never forgive LeBron James, even though he's done all the right things and come back to Cleveland. Also, LeBron is, you know, a big, strong guy. There were some people who never rooted for Shaq because he was always bigger and stronger than everybody. And they resented him for that size. And they thought it was too easy for him. So you look at LeBron, he's so much bigger, stronger, and faster. And sometimes it's almost effortless how well he plays. And people, doesn't look like he's always playing hard. And most of the good players will whine about calls. So that's another rap against LeBron. He always seems like he's got a smirk on his face. He doesn't really like he's, like he's, he doesn't have a face of a smile. He doesn't look like he's enjoying playing. And that's a little different than Steph Curry. If you watch him, he's he's uh, p- doing fist pumps. He's smiling. And so it's a little harder to identify with the very stern, brooding LeBron James. When you look at Spud Webb and Nate Robinson, it's very hard to dislike those guys because they're smaller. They're playing in a big man's game. And they're and they're constantly argue they're constantly looked at against. You know, even Earl Boykins, who's five foot six, is kind of He's kind of an anomaly for basketball. You know, he's he's a magical kind of figure, Earl Boykins, because you look at how could a 5'6 guy play in the NBA in the League of Giants and, and you marvel at his skill. So looking at LeBron, you're right. A lot of times he's very, very intense. And Steph Curry right now, playing with Golden State, he has more of his teammates back. He, he's not, at, he can't market himself, he doesn't market himself as well as LeBron James. When you look at Cleveland Cavaliers, you think of LeBron. When you look at Golden State and Steph Curry, you look at him, but you also look at Klay Thompson. You look at him in more of a team light, in more of a team atmosphere. But no one has marketed themselves better than LeBron James. And the decision rubbed people the, lo- the wrong way um, because even though he did that for charity... He was still holding a press conference and holding himself on a different standard than other athletes because he's really pronouncing a press conference about his contract or other people would just do it in a more subtle fashion. 
I think I want to switch gears at this point, and I want to go to the U.S. Open. We saw a situation where there was more criticism of a golf course than I've ever seen. Now, it's natural for fans and players to criticize the U.S. Open and the USGA. Mike Davis is a favorite whipping boy because the U.S. Open is so watched, and many of the courses border on unfair. Certainly, um, next year will be at Oakmont. It always seems like it's 90-plus degrees at Pittsburgh. The greens are lightning fast, and you see the players really struggling. And this year was something different. You looked at the course that was right outside of Puget Sound in Seattle, Chambers Bay. And essentially, it looked terrible on TV. The greens looked like cauliflowered cabbage. And the ball, even if it was a three-foot putt, which normally these guys could do 99 out of 100 times, you saw the ball rolling right towards the hole and then break off one way or the other unpredictably. And certainly, uh, there's no way these guys are ever going back to play this course again. But there's definitely more to break down. There's subset stories. When we look at Jason Day fighting Vertigo, round three was one of the most courageously successful rounds in golf history. So, I want to tell you a little lead into the next segment. We'll be talking about U.S. Open. We're going to be getting into NBA draft. And then in the final segment, we're going to be going into, as we wrap up mini camps, a lot of stories in the NFL. And we'll talk about our predictions, certainly for the NFC East, and who are most and who are least. Stay there. We'll be back in three. school to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports dr bruce grossinger is a board certified neurologist and managing partner of grossinger neuropain specialist serving the philadelphia and wilmington delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine pain management interventional spinal surgeries and occupational medicine dr bruce is the director of the national sports concussion program and works as a senior medical advisor for the national high school coaches association we're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries this involves education of athletes parents trainers coaches and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. 
follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Bruce the Sports Doc here on the Voice America Sports Network. In the first two segments, we talked about LeBron James and the NBA Finals, LeBron James, his legacy, and why fans like or dislike LeBron, why he is such a polarizing athlete. We got to that in the first two segments. You can hit us up on the podcast page and listen to both of the segments that we just completed. Bruce the Sports Doc under Voice America Sports tab. Again, thank you for listening, and we're having a great time here in late June. And when you look at Father's Day in late June, at least in our family, the Grossinger family, we definitely have a tradition on Father's Day of watching the U.S. Open. And I have to admit that usually here on the East Coast, if you're going to go out for a 7.30 dinner, The U.S. Open will likely be completed before your dinner starts. It will likely be completed around 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But it was very interesting that the U.S. Open last night ended at around 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. It was definitely a different feel watching night golf and watching drama on the Pacific Northwest being sunny out and watching some late night golf it was fantastic we could really settle in put the dvr on the shows we wanted to and and having golf on late at night it was really interesting uh i I definitely enjoyed the contrast uh i'm still used to having events in the east coast you know on on normal times but i have to admit that having father's day and having the tournament run late it was definitely a very cool feeling and it allowed for father's day festivities in the middle of the day to be completed but looking at the u.s open in chambers bay and you look at the greens that were that the players were playing on and i've played on bumpy greens because i think that every fan of the game of golf i think that most people that enjoy golfing have played on municipal courses and courses that do not have perfect greens and if your playing partners are rigid and don't give you five foot putts and the greens are choppy like ruffled potato chips you're not going to succeed at putting well on those courses and at chambers bay you had putts and these professionals these professionals are trained to putt a certain way and when they can't guarantee that they're going to make a four footer the whole hole 
pretty much they pretty much get stressed out because even if they hit a ball close or even if they have a five footer for birdie, I mean most of the time these golfers can count on it being good. Um, going back to their usual routine, but it's tough to kind of get up for a hole when even if you hit a perfect approach shot, you could still score a par on the hole because your five-footer is going to be a choppy putt. And looking at Chambers Bay and Fox's golf coverage, just it wasn't a traditional U.S. Open. I'm excited for it to go back to Oakmont because I'm kind of a fan. As I'm 20 years old and I've been watching golf for a little while, I kind of enjoy... I kind of enjoy having the U.S. Open be traditionally similar. I liked ESPN's coverage of Mike Tirico. Joe Buck doing golf, it's definitely going to take some adjusting to put it that way because I'm definitely a guy that it just enjoys consistency because golf is one of the games where you have the same players every year. It's one of the few sports that can be consistent. And Chambers Bay literally looked like a roller coaster ride at Six Flags. The ball was rolling all over the place. Puget Sound did look beautiful, but the golf course was just so windy, so Mickey Mouse-like. It, it was just really hard to get engaged in it because you'd see players aim 40 feet left or right of their target and see them right next to the hole or in contrast they'd hit a beautiful approach shot that lands maybe five feet from the cup and rolls in a bunker 60 yards right or left it's just it looked like a miniature golf course it looked like Jurassic Park playing golf and I just don't think that that's rewarding to watch I don't think that the skill really is being valued I echo your sentiments this is Fox's first coverage of golf and they, it really almost wasn't fair to put them on such a big stage. They should have been in a lesser tournament. They should have been able to work out the kinks. But in reading, you know, I listen to a lot of sports radio. I read a lot of newspapers. And, and I am definitely getting more into Twitter like you, Spencer. And I saw tremendous criticism of one of the announcers who was a great Hall of Fame player is Greg Norman. And the major criticism is because the greeds were so poor, and virtually everybody, certainly when we watch the Golf Channel guys, Frank Nabilo, Brandon Chablis, Chambliss, although I gave him the French Chamblay. name, Chablis, Chamblay. and the other, and the other um, you know, analysts like David Duval, they were very frank and they mentioned, because they're really bringing you what's going on with the, with the players and, and they, they sensed how the players were so upset with the Greens. And basically, if you watch Fox coverage, it was like you're getting a communist feed because <laughs> you, you, you basically Greg Norman did not ever mention anything about the Greens. He talked about how the course was a great challenge, how they loved being there and how wonderful it is. And then and in, in, in virtually everybody who heard that was upset because the 400-pound elephant in the room or gorilla, if you'd like, whatever animal, was the horrible Greens. And... It, the the Fox people, number one, they, they um, in, in my view, they, they could have done a better job. Brad Faxon really knows a lot about the game, especially with putting. And, and um, I know Brad personally, and, and they gave him a very small role. And, and that, I don't think that was really right. With respect to Holly, um, what's her last name? Holly Sanders has got a lot of personality. I liked her little spots that she did. She knows the players well as well as um, 
aesthetically, I'd much rather look at Holly Sanders or Saunders, actually. I think it's her name. Saunders. I think it's a, so you're saying it's a hard act. I think it's Saunders, but Saunders. I'd much rather look at her than Tom, than Tom Weisskopf. <laughs> Anything. I thought it would be Tom Watson, but Tom Weisskopf. Have you ever heard Tom Weisskopf speak, by the way? It's in such a slow way. He really drives in the point. It almost sounds sarcastic. And that's unfortunate for Tom in that regard that he speaks that way. But Joe Buck is kind of, I think he's a great announcer for baseball and football because he has a very powerful, loud voice. And I kind of like Jim Nance's, you know, um, 11 p.m. fireplace kind of a voice where he kind of whispers to you, like, imagine being in like a North Carolina wilderness and it's 12 o'clock and you're kind of hiding from animals and want to keep a low profile. He's the perfect guy for that voice. And when he says, it's the Masters on CBS, Joe Buck was very loud. He's like, we got the U.S. Open live from Chambers Bay. And I just couldn't get into that. I couldn't get used to it. I don't like change. I, I like Mike. Mike Tirico is very good. Scott Van Pelt, Andy North. I love their coverage of the U.S. Open. And I never thought that I'd miss them so much. But then when you put Fox there, it's going to take a lot of time to get used to for sure. You kind of had these ragtag bunch of guys at Fox. And the one thing that they did do decently well was they did have a lot of promos. But, you know, looking at Fox, like... It is hard for them to fill in time and not criticize the Greens and Chambers Bay. So I do understand their dilemma that they're in. Maybe they just shouldn't have defended it as outright. They maybe should have just ignored the point. Is that what you're suggesting they've done? Because my question to you is what what should Fox have done better? Because if they have insulted Chambers Bay... That would have created such a stir with Mike Davis of the USGA, who is so much more powerful than Fox. I would have just avoided addressing the Greens altogether. Well, that's exactly what they did. They avoided mentioning the Greens. <clears throat> I think it would have been uh, better drama if they they didn't have to affirmatively bring it up, except for if when you're covering the golf tournament... <clears throat> You're you're re you're watching the interviews of the players. That's all the players were talking about. So you you don't have to necessarily take an opinion. You know that the greens are terrible. You can mention that this is a different style green that they've played. That it's a challenge because it was so hot. The fescue. You don't usually have two types of grass growing in a green, and the fescue, which isn't exactly the best choice of grass certainly bent or bermuda greens are, are better quality bent is considered the best bermuda it could be cut down and, and rolled to be really good but fescue itself as we know from our home course in white manor is a very ragged substance but poa poana well it's called poa or poana poa you could be short. called either way there's a little poa on a lot of classic golf courses even marion has some poa but it's such a minority that the good grass really chokes out the poa, and it never gets so crazy as it did in this tournament where the morning was so much easier, and the poa would grow in the end of the day, and the, the later groups had such a disadvantage. And so I don't think they had to be disrespectful to the USGA, but by really kind of avoiding the whole area, avoiding the issue, I think it was a cop-out. 
It looks like this third segment has gone faster than a ball swirling around a hole at Chambers Bay and never stopping. So we have a fourth segment coming up, and it will be NBA Draft, arguably the centerpiece of this show. Stay back or stay there. Stay tuned. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. Injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the fourth edition of our summer Bruce the Sports Doc. We know that we've been away most of the summer. We don't even know where we are. But the good news is we know we're back now. And it's Spency and Dr. Bruce is in the house. And it's time to talk about the NBA draft. And let's look from the top, and let's try to analyze it in terms of the Minnesota Timber Losers, I mean Timber Wolves. And then, of course, we got the other teams. Everything's upside down. Usually the Knicks and Lakers are class of the league, but now everything's upside down, and they are right up there with some of the high draft picks. And we can't forget the tankologist Sam Hinkie and us are on – Season ticket holders for the Sixers were on board for tanking. Tanking right back in the East. So, Spencer, who's going to be the first round draft pick and why? Who is going to be is Cat. 
Carl Anthony Towns from Kentucky, guy who shot 80% from the foul line, guy who has no weakness in his game, can shoot jump hooks, can finish with either hand, is composed, takes his time, is relaxed, and can play in the low post, can anchor a defense. So Carl Anthony Towns is a very safe pick by a lot of NBA experts. And Flip Cup Saunders, otherwise known as Flip Saunders, is definitely going to pick Carl Anthony Towns because that's pretty much what the entire world is expecting. But you look at Minnesota, Zach Levine at point guard, a guy who's an electric point guard, dunk contest champion, can shoot from the outside. I think if Zach Levine focuses, I think he's got unbelievable raw talent. And if, if he'd go to the gym and continue to hone in on his skills, I think the kid could be very special. You then have Andrew Wiggins. You do have Rubio. So Zach Levine is kind of a combo guard there with Rubio. But I think that Jaleel Okafor fits a lot better for Minnesota because Jaleel Okafor can run the floor. He's so fast. He's so confident offensively. He can bank in shots from 15 feet and out, a la Tim Duncan. He's just such an offensive juggernaut. I think he's a can't-miss prospect. And I think Minnesota, I just think he has a higher ceiling in the NBA. Minnesota's a run-and-gun team. Andrew Wiggins, they like to get out on the break and run. And I can't see Carl Anthony Towns running the floor as well as I could see Jaleel Okafor. I think Okafor's a much better runner of the floor. So I really think Minnesota would be at... I really would like them a whole lot more if they took Jaleel Okafor. A ton more than Carl Anthony Towns. Now it's time for the second round draft pick. Many people have Jaleel Okafor penciled in, and they have for a long time. But now there's some talk about... D'Angelo Russell moving up in the draft, and that would that would certainly turn things upside down. Spencer, who's going to be drafted second? I think that the Lakers are trying to get DeMarcus Cousins from Sacramento. There was a trade rumor today about them possibly dealing Randall, um, Jordan Clarkson, and some other dudes to get to get DeMarcus Cousins. But I really believe that the Lakers could also try to get Kevin Love in free agency. I think Jaleel Okafor is the pick here. I really do. I would I would definitely be a little surprised if it was Russell, but if I had to pick, I just think that Jaleel Okafor is by far, I just think he's the second best player in this draft. I think everybody's expecting the two big guys to go, and I'm a big Jaleel Okafor fan. I think if you put Okafor and Julius Randle down low, you add maybe like a Jimmy Butler or Kawhi Le- or, or Kawhi Leonard to the Lake Show. I think that they could be a very formidable team this year. I think that they could possibly be an A for like seven for eighth seed if Jaleel Okafor is taken. Some opinions around the NBA suggest that Butler, who is a restricted free agent. We'll get a max deal from the Bulls, and I believe he will. Had a great year, most improved player in the NBA. You also look at the San Antonio Spurs, and you mentioned the player Kawhi Leonard, Leonard, who was the MVP in the playoffs last year. Kawhi is another one. He's a restricted free agent, and it appears the Spurs have some decisions to make. They have a lot of older players, and 
the, the wise thought is that they will give him a deal that cannot be surpassed by any other team. So the idea of um, that kind of player movement isn't likely. Kevin Love suffered a severe shoulder injury. He tore his labrum and his rotator cuff and underwent a major surgery. The rehab time before before he even starts really getting back to playing basketball-related activities, lifting weights, could be four to six months, and then another six months rehab. So it's not clear to me that Kevin Love will be able to qualified to play until the middle of next year. So if the Lakers want him, I think the Cavs will oblige, and that certainly has an effect on who they draft. Looking at most mock drafts, they have the Philadelphia 76ers drafting D'Angelo Russell in number three. The, the one glaring hole for the Sixers is in the backcourt, a point guard and shooting guard. This guy could be a hybrid player. He's got a very silky, smooth shot. He's only 19 years old. He's a great dribbler. Some amazing uh, ESPN highlight film passes. And he seems to have a good work ethic. And playing in the Big Ten, he's been certainly tested. If we look against some of the other players, certainly who are far players, like Moutier, who played against inferior talent, or Porzingis, who played in Europe, a different type of player, who I don't think would fit in with the Sixers' plans. Right now they've got they've got Noel, they've got Joel Embiid, who whose foot fracture and his surgery is healing a bit slower than expected. But clearly, in my mind, not a true setback. And I don't think the Sixers want Embiid playing in the summer. There's, there's too much that could go on, and he's their prize prospect. And they want to groom him to be ready for the regular season just the way the Bulls kept Derrick Rose out of the playoffs and waited an extra five to six months. And as you saw... You know, he had a good series. It wasn't his fault that the Bulls lost. They had other problems. But it looks like Russell is the clear pick. Moutier is not as good a shooter, a little bit bigger, a little taller, and some people think has a greater upside. But at this point, the Sixers can't afford another, another whiff. Here's the question for you. I really like Kristaps Porzingis. I've read tons of interviews. The guy is a gym rat. He goes in the gym every day. He works really hard. And Bruce, this guy can shoot the lights out of the basketball. And he's so athletic. He can dunk. He can do pick and rolls. He's like a six foot nine Pal Gasol who's an athlete. So he kind of reminds me a little bit of Pal Gasol. But a lot. Imagine if you fuse Pal Gasol with like Chandler Parsons with like a six foot nine wing like he literally has Gordon Hayward's game he has the range of Spencer Hawes with the athleticism of maybe a of maybe like a Kawhi Leonard maybe not that type of athlete but I'm really high on Porzingis I'm really high on the guy and basically he said when he was asked What's the best part about going to the NBA? He says, the gyms are open 24-7. I get my own key. 
So that answer is perfect. You know, I, I don't think this guy's going to bust, and I've read a lot of reports saying he's not. So the Sixers could, could draft Russell, and then they could trade next year's pick, move into the top five after the Knicks select Moutier, and go ahead and take Porzingis and move on and have a couple of picks next year because next year's draft isn't as deep, and I think Porzingis is a stud. Or would you rather see them go Moutier and Russell and stock up with both of these guards this year if they think they're so special? Could the Sixers package top five deals this year? If you had to pick a two top five picks, where would you go with this pick? Because I would pick Porzingis and D'Angelo Russell, get Porzingis and Saric coming in a couple of years, keep cap space low, maybe deal Noel or Embiid, whoever is worse, and build a smaller team in the next couple of years in 2019 to compete. Well, that's certainly a multifaceted question, and I'll try to answer I want to answer with facts. Porzingis' agent came out and said that his client does not want to does not want to come to Philadelphia. He would rather go to New York or LA. Obviously, or Miami, go to South Beach. Philadelphia, following tankology, is not a destination spot. And if he followed the, the Dario Saric play and splashing over the headlines right now, an hour ago, Jeff Schwartz, who is the agent for Darius Saric, said that Saric is definitely not coming this year and may not even come next year because if he waits three years, he won't have to play for a rookie contract. He can negotiate a max deal and there's bigger cap space. So the Sixers are certainly what we call back in elementary school, we call them bearded. So if Porzingis definitely doesn't want to come to the Sixers, he can wait. And he could wait, and he could play in Europe, and that would be a horrible scenario for for the Sixers, who really are looking at an injured Joel Embiid, uh, uh, offensively challenged Noel, and now everybody's putting their hopes in the first round draft pick, and they can't afford to whiff. So you're saying that Dario Saric, if the Sixers don't pay him a max deal, is he a free agent? Just answer that question quick. No, he'll be considered a restricted free agent. So they will have first. They, they, no, he will. He will go to the Sixers. They will have the right to pay him the most money. But there's a chance he may not even come next year and play out a full three-year contract in Turkey, and that would be a horrible scenario for the Sixers and Sam Hinkie. This show has flown by, and I certainly appreciate, on behalf of my co-host Spencer the Wizard. I appreciate all the listeners. I hope you enjoyed Bruce the Sports Talk. And stay tuned because next week you will hear a new summer edition of Bruce the Sports Talk. Good night and good hockey. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Talk. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.